Boxes are meant for things and not people. And as people, we can come together. Country lines, border lines, they're not real. Life is mm. not a zero-sum game, or it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, I can only win if you lose. We can mm. all win. It's only when you look up in the night sky and it's adorned with stars, just a plethora of stars. That's when you look up in awe. That's how life can be. We can all be stars. one person actually make a difference in unifying the entire world? What are some tools I can use to live a life of more freedom? These are just some of the concepts you'll hear about in every episode of See One Beautiful Soul. Welcome back to See One Beautiful Soul. This is Barbara Heller, and my guest today is Tehran the Comedian, or Tehran Gasri. Uh, he's one of the hottest rising comedians on the comedy scene, with a diverse contrasting background of black and Persian, Muslim and Jewish. Yes, you heard that right. Street smart and educated, Tehran brings a fresh, unique perspective to comedy and humor. He's armed with double undergrad degrees in politics and communication, master's in economics, a law degree, and a very unique perspective. You can just spend five seconds with him and realize how well-read he is. His comedy style has been compared to a mix of Dave Chappelle meets Maz Gibrani. He's been seen on Comedy Central, HBO, and Fox, and you can find his Laugh Factory residency every Monday and Thursday at 9.45 p.m. on his podcast, Imperfect Gentleman, or online on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at I am Tehran. That's I-A-M-T-E-H-R-A-N. Please pick up a copy of my book on Amazon, either on Kindle or a soft paperback copy that you can get delivered right to your door. It's called And Then One Day the World Coughed. I'd love to be able to see you holding it up in a little picture on Instagram. Please tag hashtag C1 Beautiful Soul. You can also find us on our Facebook pages at C1 Beautiful Soul Podcast Community and C1 Beautiful Soul Podcast. If you want to join our mailing list, please email us at info at barbheller.com or go to c1beautifulsoul.com and just click your way there. We are currently running a GoFundMe page, but you can find at www.c1beautifulsoul.com. We are accepting donations because we'd like our podcast to grow. And right now we have two, sometimes three people working on this and we are working very hard and wanting to keep this growing. So please support our podcast. If every one of you guys just gave us five to $10 each, we could possibly make our goal super fast. Thank you so much for listening, sharing the episodes. I'm sure you will really enjoy today's episode. Please share it with your friends, your family, people who might have a difference in opinion politically or spiritually than you. We get into some pretty hot topics and I'd love to hear what you guys think of it. Please email us at info at barbheller.com or go ahead and just go to c1beautifulsoul.com and click your way to the reviews at iTunes and leave us a review. Welcome to the show, Tehran. It is so amazing to see you. And when I met you, I was like, Oh, wow. Someone who's completely out of the box. And you just told me boxes are made for things, not people. Uh, my father's Iranian, Persian immigrant to the United States. My mother is a Black African-American woman. My father's family, my grandparents were Muslim Zoroastrian. My mother's family, my grandparents were Baptist and my grandmother's Jewish. Your mother's mother 
is fully Jewish. But like you said before, so eloquently and funnily, if you're having a bad day or if God forbid you were thrown in jail, no one would claim you. They'd be like, oh, no, 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 no you're Jewish. Um, how complex the politics of Israel and Palestine seemingly are, how simple. So I was saying how on any given day, you might find a terrorist being treated for his or her own injury seated next to, in the same hospital, a Israeli who was hurt by that same terrorist attack. Do you think that that would happen to an Israeli that was stuck in the middle of a Palestinian neighborhood when a terrorist attack happens. Well, there are no hospitals in the Palestinian neighborhoods that would be able to handle this kind of trauma. So it wouldn't happen. They'd just be both on the street bleeding to death, looking at each other like we're screwed. Actually, a lot of the world's problems are extremely simple because there is nothing complex about hate. There is nothing complex about inciting fear. There is nothing complex about war and war profiteering. There's nothing complex about the military-industrial complex. There's nothing complex about power mongering and the people that benefit off of. You took that same Israeli and the same Palestinian and switched them at birth and raised the Palestinian baby as an Israeli and the Israeli baby as a Palestinian, and they grew to fruition. The Palestinian baby grown in Israel would think to themselves, the Palestinians hate me so much, and the Israeli raised the Palestinian would grow up and be like, the Israelis hate me so much. And they would not even be able to tell the difference because they would be programmed accordingly. And the concept is exactly, they would be, even though they would not look different. We couldn't tell the way they, by the way they look or the, by the way they acted. It's simply by the way they were programmed to hate one another. When in fact, there is no actual true problem. What is the actual problem? The problem is two groups of people Holding on to narratives. So close, exactly. They're holding on to that programming and that narrative. And that's where I inserted the concept of how everyone wants to put you in a box, but boxes are meant for things and not people. And as people, we can come together. Country lines, border lines, they're not real. The planet Earth has no idea. We've created them and created this false narrative the same way that many newspapers and outlets and media, because that's how ratings come to be. They make money off ratings. It was always way safer to be in Israel whenever I'd come over from the States. I'd be so scared to get on the plane, like, I hope I don't die. And I'd be praying the whole way there. And I'd get to Israel and I'd land. And yes, there were terrorist attacks every day, but I never felt scared in the moment. I was just living. Oh yeah, Hollywood after midnight is way scarier than anywhere in the Middle East, to be very honest. <laughs> That's so true, especially so, Skid Row. Or, we, love, yeah. we love creating this false narrative of how dangerous the Middle East is. You find these groups of people who are extremely warm and loving, no matter where in the Middle East you go. I spent a, a month and a half in Saudi Arabia last year, wearing my Tehran hat at the height of the breakdown of Saudi and Iranian relations. And my posters were everywhere with the Tehran hat and the Tehran chain and the Tehran shirt. And people were cheering my name as I was going on stage and telling me how much they love Iranian people. And yet here the governments were expressing how much these two people are so different and hate each other. Yeah, That was not the case at all. Uh, I was in Israel a month later after that and saw Palestinians and Israelis playing and jumping off into, into the ocean together right off that pier and being best friends. And they were 12 and 13 and 14. And that's the stuff that gives me hope is that future generation because the, the younger generations are more, way more likely to hate you because you like Marvel over DC than mm. 
the fact <laughs> that you're black, brown, yellow, purple, green, or whatever it is. And that's the hope, is the hope is that the future generation- <laughs> going to hate you over a superhero. Exactly, which makes sense, which makes sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which makes sense, which totally makes sense. It tells you a lot about the character of the individual and the content of that character. And, and the concept is, I don't want to live in a world where I'm not allowed to have guns. I want to live in a world where nobody wants to have a gun. Mm. And there's a difference. There's a significant difference. And so- that's what I tailor my comedy around. That's what I tailor my lifestyle around. I just want what's best for the world overall. And hate and fear and racism and homophobia and anti-Semitism and misogyny is not it. Yeah, that's why I make music videos about that we're all souls. And I really care about every my, all my friends and family make fun of me because like you, and this is how I met you, <laughs> I talk to everyone I pass on the street at least smile and say good morning even if it's like five o'clock in the afternoon which is a bit much <laughs> it is but i i really value every human soul you know i i think the most fascinating people are like white supremacists for instance i just think they need a lot of love like i really want to help them and i know that sounds crazy i that, those are the people i want to have a conversation with someone who calls me white for instance because i'm like no i'm actually full-blooded 100 percent jewish american and i can sure but you're still white you're still white i don't <laughs> I, I, a lot of Here's here's the concept. Not all Jewish people are white, but there are white Jewish people. I get a lot of it from our Jewish friends who are like, but I'm not white, I'm Jewish. It's like, eh, if we were in a car and a cop pulled us over and was sure. like, get on the floor, you're not yeah. going to throw out, officer, um, yeah. I'm Jewish. So should I get on the floor too or not? So that question, <laughs> right. that's the thing. And, and it's only simply because, and it's not like dismissing the uh, oppression or or bigotry that Jewish people have faced historically. Not at all. In fact, insurmountable. The concept is, it's just easier to tell race than it is to tell religion, no matter what kind of nose you have. Even as a light-skinned Black person, I realize how much more privilege I have over someone who's a darker skin tone. I can't I can't neglect that simply because I feel a certain And way. I'm not. We're so not even our personalities, or I hate to tell you, but the, the Marvel characters that we marvel at, like, we have so much more going on just beneath the surface. Of course. And we don't want to talk about that because it's, that is a little, not complicated, but it's, it's just harder to talk about spiritual things. People don't want to do it. It's so much easier to be caught in ego and say, well, you like that president or you once, you know, went to that concert. And so now I'm canceling you or defriending you, or I, I just can't handle you because you're different than me. And what's different yeah. and what's other is what makes us so unique and special. And it's just another outside, you know, sparkle of what's really deeply on the inside. Actually, something that's been happening recently, I've been blocking a lot of people and I, I don't want to do that. However, unfortunately, mm -hmm. I can't take it. So if you're if you've been uh. productive during quarantine, I block you. Like I like I don't <laughs> care about your politics, religion. I I I love lazy KKK people, but if you're productive during quarantine and you're throwing it in my face you need to go i don't need that kind of ambitious energy I'm so around upset me that I'm you haven't made. blocked me i thought i was no? being productive i guess yeah, being productive yeah. let's get back to you so you grew up where i'm from washington dc i am basically a washington dc personified person because washington dc is a very interesting city in that it's not only just extremely political it's extremely educated it's street mm. it's it's also such a blend of so many worlds mm. all in the same place you have 
the most ghettos of hoods yep. two blocks away from the <laughs> congressional building and the White House. And, and, awesome. and it's such a mix. And you would be in the hood and have a full-on debate with someone over Angela Davis or regarding physics because they're extremely educated. And you would be like, but wait. Love it. It's just one of those places. And so I really enjoy Washington, D.C. From the Clinton era, going into the Bushes, going into the beginnings of President Obama, and then I came to L.A. about nine years ago. What was that like? Going from Monica Lewinsky trials through... Well, I was, I was too Black young Monica Lewinsky. Uh, Monica Lewinsky, I was young, so it was definitely a big deal. It was a lot of concepts that, you know, coming face-to-face from kids just talking in school, and, like, and it was very real for us. But I remember when President Obama was elected, that was the most electrifying I had seen the city ever. Mm, um, and it was just an electrifying feeling, not only in communities of color, but in, in the entire city. It was enveloped. And, and regardless of what you think of the person sure. politically, yeah. just the concept of yeah. what had happened and, and how much it could have meant and should have meant at the time did yeah. mean, yeah. That, that was the biggest feeling. I feel like... It was definitely a very eclectic time. Yeah. If nothing else. Beautiful. Are your parents still together? Yes. Amazing. So you experience Judaism and, and Muslim um, practice? You know, it's interesting about Persians. Persians are way more Persian than they are Muslim for many times. Yes. So, Especially so, Zoroastrian. because They're actually not thing. Muslim at all. And in fact, um, Zoroastrianism is the only other religion and the only other groups of people and besides uh, Jewish people mentioned in the Torah, are Persians, specifically for that reason. King Cyrus, of course. And you get these concepts, which lead to things like why we even have Purim because of Esther and how, why there's yeah. so many Persian Jews, uh, especially when, it, when you're in Los Angeles, it becomes abundantly clear. Because a lot of people would not even understand that, but that's clearly the case. Yeah. Zoroastrianism is so indoctrinated into Persian culture, it's become part of the culture itself. Yeah. And my grandparents didn't care about religion when my parents were born, but all of a sudden when I was born, everyone cared about everything. And so Yeah. Um, What's he gonna be? Is he gonna yeah. be like me? Yeah, exactly. Where does ego fit in? To Especially with everything you came into this world through, the prism from which it's so much more I don't want to say more colorful, but it's such a colorful prism than like someone who's like, Oh, my parents were Irish. All of them. It is it is. Not to, once again, not to discount their experience. However, my mm. experience is extremely unique because I get to see the world through many lenses and it would be Amazing. almost impossible for anyone else to do so if you only come from one particular background. You're only seeing one angle. No matter how hard you try to see outside that angle, you may be able to get a bit more obtuse of an angle, but you would still be in that corner. As for me, I, I have many different hats and many different. Well, I positions. think you only have one. I've only seen I, one. I hat. literally have many different hats. I literally do they have, all play on it. They all do. I have maybe at least 200 hats. Yeah. That's not fair though. Yeah. It's a thing. Okay. I'm just saying it could put people off to think that you're only seeing it from a Persian perspective because Tehran is a huge city in Iran that people talk about. But it's also my name, which makes it even better to be me. What's one story you have that was your biggest story of forgiveness so far? Like when I say the word forgiveness, what comes up first? Yeah, so 
I've never forgiven anyone. Here's the thing, right? <laughs> I don't believe you. Listen, I, I know people are big on love and forgiveness. Overrated, to be real. Like, forgiveness? Like, I'm, I might forget something, but I'm never going to forgive you. No. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that I have to forgive is actually, specifically, is when I had to learn to forgive myself. I had to learn how to forgive myself. And and it happened when I was very young and it made my life um, extremely easy afterwards. So specifically, you were talking about how your friend has a black parent and a Jewish parent and people would often mistake the black parent as his help, for example. Yeah. I had a similar situation when I was in kindergarten. I was being, my mother would always pick me up. My mother's the black one. She would be the one who routinely picked me up. On this particular day, my father came to pick me up and my teachers could not understand this <laughs> Persian immigrant person with a huge accent and a mustache was actually my father. And he was not as easy. If you know your partner, they're not really always readily available to communicate an idea when they just know it's something. So he was just basically coming to pick me up. The teachers were basically stopped, like, whose child who, who are you picking up? How is this child connected to you? And my father just kind of broke through. And I remember feeling so ashamed in the moment. I felt upset. I felt a lot of discourse. And then my father, um, you know, he did the most Persian of things. He broke through the teachers and just picked me up and just held me. Because to him, I wasn't Black. I wasn't Persian. I wasn't Muslim, Zoroastrian, Christian, or Jewish. I was simply his son. That he loved. And and he loved me and he just picked me up. And I, I remember feeling so much love in that moment mm. that I actually started to begin to cry. And my father was like, why are you crying? Like, cause he still didn't understand what was going on in that moment. And he's like, why are you crying? What's wrong? What's wrong? And my father basically to the teachers, he kidnapped me. But what he <laughs> did was he showered me with so much just organic, natural love that I had to come face to face with my own feelings and moments, momentary confusion. And I had to learn to forgive myself for feeling that and be like, this is how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. I, I actually recently watched a, a show that was on HBO that was fantastic. Have you ever seen Our Boys? Uh, isn't that the show about Israel? Yes, it was a show about Israel. It's one of those shows, and there's so many great shows coming out of Israel right now, these shows, like Tehran, actually, but these amazing shows. And our boys, which made everybody upset. Israelis were, were upset. Palestinians were upset. Everyone was upset because it was so real and true, and everyone wanted to tell their story when they were simply telling a story, mm -hmm. a specific story. It made everyone come face-to-face -face with who they are. But in that, in that show... Not only is the acting so phenomenal that I had to remind myself several times, they are simply acting. It's not a documentary. It's yeah. not a documentary. It's not real because it's so brilliantly done. However, there's a moment where the Palestinians are trying to use the, the death of, of the kid. And the mom is like, my son's only been two, dead two days. I don't care about your stupid cause right now. That's just my son. Like, I don't care about Israelis and Palestinians right now. I don't care about people fighting over this, this land. I don't care about whatever you're believing. I'm only right now, I care about the death of my son. And right now in this moment, I understand 
the mother is all I understand right now. I don't understand what you're talking about. I just know that we all lost our children and all of you have lost nothing. And it's just such a beautiful, empowering moment that she says in, in just a couple, like two lines, and you get this entire wave of sense because that's the truth. Mm. That all these mothers are losing their children to imaginary lines and imaginary hate. Mm. There is nothing anti-Jewish that's Islamic, and there's nothing anti-Islamic that is Jewish. Nothing. Yeah. Everything is made up. All of that is made up. All of that hate is made up. Yeah. Beautiful. What do you say when someone doesn't agree with you, and they walk down the street and they say, oh, these people, I cancel them. I don't. I don't talk to those people because of who they voted for. Uh, you know, that, that kind of a person hurt my people once. And so I, I don't do that. What do you say? It's so, it's so interesting because there's a concept, right? The freedom of speech. If you do not believe in the freedom of speech for those you disdain, you do not believe in the freedom of speech. And I'm a firm believer of that. And there's this term, that, this statement that I use often for my own personal peace of mind, because peace of mind means more to me than everyone else's comfort. That's a great line. I love that line already. Agree to disagree. I believe you know? that's a brilliant line from Anchorman. Yeah, right? Diego. And here's the thing about that statement. It's about things like, LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. We agree to disagree. The color red over blue. We agree to disagree. I cannot agree to disagree in regards to racism, sexism, I cannot agree to disagree. I simply disagree on those things. And if you're a good person, you disagree on them too. That's as simple as it gets. There is no agreement on those matters. There is no middle ground when it comes to these things. When it comes to bigotry, prejudice, and pride, there is no middle ground. There is only right and wrong. Racism is wrong. Anti-Semitism is wrong. Homophobia is wrong. Sexism is wrong. Misogyny is wrong. Simply put. Now, on many things, there's a lot of things that we confuse politics and principles on. I don't speak on politics very often, but I do always speak up and speak out in regards to principles. There are things that are a finite definition of morality, and there is a component of humanity that should go into being a human being. And when you look at all the religions that we use to divide, 99% of these books simply talk about getting along, community, peace, tolerance, understanding, patience, love. Love is an overall theme in all of these books, whether it's the Torah, Quran, or the Bhagavad Gita. They all preach love, and yet people will be like, look at this one sentence. It says, punch him in the face. Yeah, punch him in the face. Yeah! It's like, whoa, 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 99% of it. And even when it says punishment, it's like, if, maybe. And it'll be like, <laughs> and then it'll be like, but look at all the other stuff that just says love. Sukun Allah. And yet, means heal the world in Hebrew. Exactly. Think about these concepts. And then all you saw was the hate part. Maybe that's not the religion. Maybe that's you. No, that's ego. That's us being fearful and trying to, I believe in this concept in Judaism called the Yitzhahara and the Yitzhahara. The Yitzhahara is the negative and the Yitzhahara is the, is the positive inclination that we have. And so at all times, no matter if you're Mother Teresa or, you know, Gandhi or even the Dalai Lama is like, oh, you don't know what kind of Thanksgiving I had. Like, I love reading his quotes that are just so real because he'll literally say, I have so much work to do on myself. Gandhi says, How because much- he was a big racist, by the way, but yes. Yeah, and, you know, so Dr. King had issues with yeah. women. Like, he, he was- So a- many women. Yeah. So many women. Because he loved, you know, it's all, well, who knows? <laughs> who knows why? I don't mean to say caught, but 
we all are human beings. I always think of The Karate Kid. It's, it's my favorite movie. The original. Sorry, Will Smith. Oh, it's yeah, it's not my movie. movie. It's, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Canada, I'm not canceling you. So Daniel Sun is asking for one thing the entire movie through. You know what it is? Love. Close. He asks for balance. He says, I'll never have balance that way. Not with Ali, not with them, not with me. That's like my very weak. That was good. Impression. That was actually very good. I do Helen Hunt much better if you... I'm, That's I met a great her with, Helen. Like, thank you. When I met her, it was very hard to not imitate her. Sandra Bullock also... Um, let's go back. I'm going to have to edit all this out. Okay. Why? Really Why would you ever edit them. those out? Well, because I want people listening not to go crazy because I have... No, this is amazing. I need your... I need, I need this to stay in. Those <laughs> okay. are great. I, especially since I'm horrible at impressions. Oh, okay. The only impression I do is of myself. Literally, I do an impression <laughs> of me doing an impression and that's as good as it gets you're the zoroastrian jewish bill burr because you you kind of have this thing except you're not from boston but you ha- i have to work on your impression yeah edit all that out <laughs> daniel son is asking for balance yeah and he's asking for balance because every moment he gets a little stronger and johnny gets tougher until the end when he finally overpowers it all because he's down to his last moment and he has to use this thing called faith in himself and maybe something bigger, which is really a reflection of the inner him because we're all connected. He uses it and he rises up literally and figuratively. And finally, just that one last kick, Crane does it all. The little thing throughout the movie that he's been working on where he has to balance himself on that one little pole and he's alone. And it's some karate kid is the movie that I watch when I'm not feeling well, if I have a cold or whatever. I was watching it one day and I realized as I'm sitting there, oh my gosh, this is Jacob and Asav in the Torah. It's Jacob is the weak kind of meek guy who's skinny and like, you know, he's just trying to do the right thing and find his way. And Johnny, and so that's Daniel's son, and Johnny is Asav who's like white and gets red in the face when he's angry. He's bigger. He's a bully. He's impatient. He goes with whatever uh, emotional drives he has. And at the end of the story, there's so many parallels, but just one of them is that Johnny hands him the trophy and says, you're all right, LaRusso. In the Bible, Asaph wrestles with uh, with Jacob in the middle of the night and, and gives him a new name. The reason why people go back to the fear and the negativity let's attach to that because there's a part of us that's so afraid, as Brene Brown says, to be joyful and to just live in love. Many times when you feel guilt or shame, you feel like you've done something bad and you have to forgive yourself and realize that, no, what you've done is a learning moment. What has happened now is something you should grow from. Some people tend to sit there and just resonate with themselves and and blame themselves over and over and over again, repeating the same mistake. Or some people don't find that there was anything wrong and don't realize there's something to fix. I resolved that day to never feel out of place again. See a lot of people, especially some Persian people, change their names. Fahad becomes Frank. Uh, I was going to be irrevocably myself from that point on. Yeah. I was going to be unapologetic and simply just be me and the, and try to be the best me yeah. or at least pretend to try to be the best me because clearly I've been about to work out tomorrow for the last <laughs> six months. It's always been, all right, I'll start tomorrow and this is the, this is the time I'll start tomorrow. But other than that- You look like that and you don't have to work out. Thank you, Black Genetics. So yeah, I'm oh, going okay. to, you bringing up this concept of the positive and the negative, what, what are those called? 
The Yetzer Hara and the Yetzer yeah. Tov, the inclination that's evil and the inclination that's good. Yeah, the Yetzer Hara and the Yetzer Tov are things that I'm going to be researching. And the next time you speak to me, I'm going mm. to be uh, an expert, an autodidactic mm. expert on these subjects. Because when I find something that can better me, I, I, I enjoy it and I embrace it. Me too. I try to be. Anyway, I feel like you're probably even better than I am at it. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> Procrastination being late, those are also my gifts to the world. So, <laughs> And what's one thing that makes you feel free? What gives you freedom? And someone in the 70s wanted to give the whole world a Coca-Cola bottle. What's one thing you wish you could give to the it's world? It's interesting. My entire essence of who I am or what I want to be is in regards to freedom. I love freedom. If I could leave this body and just become a beam of light and energy, that would be my ultimate goal. I don't even like it specifically when my parents call me their son. Hey, we haven't discussed this. We need to work on this. <laughs> I have my own name. So I love freedom. And the one thing that makes me feel free is thinking and self-critical thinking and self-awareness and, and just my own thoughts, which is sometimes where I drive long distances. I tend to not listen to the radio or anything. And people think it's extremely weird. And it goes back to the whole concept of Rene Descartes. I think therefore I am my thoughts are the only this universe that I know for a fact are real. Everything else I kind of have to have faith in. If we could all just share our thoughts and just get to this root of so many problems, that would be amazing. Mm, instead of keeping them bundled inside or, or not even being aware that we have thought. Yeah, in Farsi, we actually have a term. is is when you keep all this negative or pettiness inside and it just, it basically corrupts you or your soul. You have to let it out. And even if it's unfortunately in a negative way, sometimes people will be like, are you happy that you finally got that out? Is that out of your system now? Is mm. it gone? And mm. let's have a better system. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great uh, reflection of what's happening now. The Black Lives Matter movement and people really standing up and sharing how they feel about stuff, whether it's a racist or somebody who's trying to combat racism. Sometimes, not all the time, the person who's trying to combat racism has their own agenda and is angry and also canceling and, and being harsh to the other as well and not seeing that we're all one soul. I think we get really caught up in like the, the outside, but... It's beautiful that all this is coming out because you can't really fix the cancer in a patient unless you know where it is, right? So thank God. I mean, yes, exactly. it sucks that people are, you know, saying, and, and to some extent, it's really true that the administration seems completely tone deaf in terms of like what's happening. But in a way, it's kind of good that all of this, all these people who are racist feel the need to share it all. And it's coming out finally because we can now go in and dissect and take out, oh, that's what you think about this group of people? Let's all have a conversation about it. Well, I mean, that's no, the unfortunate that's the part. We don't have conversations. So what happens is people just shout things and then other people shout back. Everyone's waiting for their turn to talk and no one's actually listening. Listening to the pain and the fear. Where, where is this all coming from? What is this root of fear? Why is, for example, white America so reluctant to accept that racism has existed? It's because they feel like they're going to lose their share or their mm -hmm. slice of cake is going to get smaller. And that's not the case. Life mm -hmm. is not a zero-sum game or it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be I can only win if you lose. We can mm -hmm. all win. We literally can all win. When you look up at the sky when you're walking at night and there's only one or two stars, you look up and then you quickly look back down and go back about your business. It's only when you look up in the night sky and it's adorned with stars, just a plethora of stars, that's when you look up in awe. That's how life can be. We can all be stars. 
And I don't mean that in the sense of fame or celebrity or wealth. I mean that in the I sense of, of illuminated. Value. Exactly, of value and self-worth. We're all stars. And that's what I really hope transcends in the world. I hope there's a conscious awakening, a societal mobilization of everyone realizing these things. Yeah. That all these things we literally starve and kill each other for are so oh, so stupid. It's so unimportant. It's so ridiculous. So yeah. we all have to be cognizant of that together. We're all literally in this together. That's why it breaks my heart when I see Israelis and Palestinians fight. It's like, do you both not realize how horrible your position is? Like, mm -hmm. why do you not see that you would be so much united, so much stronger? Yeah, no, exactly. The Arab countries fight each other. I'm like, do you not understand how much stronger you'd be together? And when Iran and Arab countries fight, do you not understand how much stronger you'd be together? And yeah. then we could fix all the world's problems if we stop thinking of it as us first. Then do you no hear yourself? I really think you could fix all the world's problems. Definitely not me, but. I've seen your videos. Maybe one of your songs. Oh, I just got the chills. That's really nice. Maybe together. Maybe we'll do a song together. It would have to be a little bit funny and a little bit serious. Really that would be the name of the song, actually. A little bit funny. And then I'd be like, a little bit serious. Back, a little like, bit funny and serious. You kind of took my line, but yeah, that's the No, line. let's do it. Kind of, right it's too late now. I think Why? we should see other people. Oh, no, I <laughs> like you. You have a pretty strong, good voice, and I do not. It's interesting, Craig Robinson and I, for the past three months, have had a show on Laugh Factory's IG, and we come up with songs all the time. Because he I just busts out in song. Love he just starts him. playing something and goes, make a song about it. I have to find a picture of me and Craig on the set of The Office. You did something on The Office? I was an extra on The Office because of a dear friend of Dave Rogers, who was the editor of every office and won a bunch of Emmys. And also he directed and produced a bunch of The Offices. I said to him, are you guys still shooting? Because it was the very last episode. I said, is there any way I can Oh, wow. That's special visit? that you were on the very last episode. Oh, it was like a bucket list. I mean, I've seen every episode. I'm not kidding. Four times. I would love The Office. I've never watched an episode of The Office. But I would, I would love... Don't tell Craig that. He is The Office. He's like, it got so good when they bumped him up. Your personalities would match very well. That's such a compliment. I really enjoy him. I think he's just very, very special. And you are too. Like attracts like. I feel very lucky that you chose to spend the time with me because what I love about you is that... Yes, tell me what you love about me. the second I met you, and it, I mean, we've only really been like texting and I just met you in person, but you genuinely are what you say. You really do want to make the world a better place in love and in fun and in comedy. It's just, it's really cool. Like It's because I'm stupid with... But these loving parents that just like <laughs> made me believe in myself. I'm so stupid. Like, that's why. You want to know why I'm not in the NBA? Because my dad stuck around. That's why. My dad was there <laughs> like, teaching me how to shoot the ball all wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good at basketball, but I would have been better. What would rap be if dads had stuck around? It would suck. It'd be country. Like, no one wants <laughs> to hear that stuff. You know? I would have been selling crack on the corner. I would have been amazing. But here's something I don't get about you. Massive pain usually can equal great comedy. And I don't see massive pain in you. I see a 
that, a little see, boy that's just fighting you to go. be understood by other people. But that's, like, you got that solid foundation. I would be Dave Chappelle, but no, I got unconditional parents. love you know from two parents that are still together and we're working on peace yeah. in the Middle East. My parents encouraged me to go play. Oh no, be open-minded. They said, <laughs> "Oh no, you should realize that people are people." They said. You know, oh, let's still teach you different languages, they said. Oh, let's teach you about cultures that don't even specifically relate to you because it's important so and gives you understanding. I should be funnier than you because you're, my parents never listened to me. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's why you're hilarious. Okay. And you have an amazing smile that's contagious. Look at that. What? Yeah, that's because you're a child oh of the God. forest. I mean, technically, you're already an adult, but who cares? I was. I was they, an adult. Yeah. yeah, they, they should have got divorced way before, but you know, that's the whole thing. <laughs> Why you're hilarious. I met my dad's girlfriend. It was my mom. Like, why <laughs> are you people so freaking? You guys go on dates? They like, you actually oh. have a romantic relationship? No, no. Thankfully, they didn't put all that silly stuff in my head. They oh, were just good. the kind of stay home. You know what I'm saying? Like They were the stay, real Huxtables. Yeah, stay home and not talk. You know, so it was so quiet. We didn't even know they were home. They're like, but they were always home. Like, they had comfortable guys- silence. Oh. That's what I crave, actually. I actually, when I pray to God for my soulmate, I always say, make him funny enough that makes me laugh. Like people are like, oh, I have to say over the comedian. I'm like, no, I just want to be with somebody who makes me laugh. And then I obviously need to be attracted to them. I like tall and lanky, but it doesn't have to be that. You're just describing me right now? That's, <laughs> Maybe. This is the best J-Date I've ever They have to be on. spiritual. They have mm. to be me because I can't be with somebody who doesn't believe in something bigger than us. You know, they don't sure. have to be super religious, but, and they have to have like a, a good code of ethics. And then I always say, and I want to be comfortable in the silence. Like I don't, I grew up with so much painful silence because if it was quiet, which was never, it was painful. And we, there was so much to process. So now that I know what comfortable silence is and I can really love and take care of myself, I, I have to be with somebody that I can be quiet with. And also want to talk to you until three in the morning. That's a there. real thing that you need to find. My, wait, this is amazing. I feel like this has been therapy, comedy, uh, rap song class. Like, you're just blowing my mind. Easy to find, especially for you. Find me at I am Tehran all across the board. I-A-M-T-E-H-R-A-N. My name is exactly like the capital of Iran. So if you don't know how to spell it, just watch Fox News. It'll be on eventually. They will discuss I wish you were the capital of Iran because if you were the capital of Iran, I doubt there would be any issues in the Middle East. Any of these people who've ever visited Iran have always enjoyed it so much. I just think Iran has uh, horrible timing right now. Hopefully we'll just bring it all to light and show people we're way more alike than we are different. That's who I am as a person. Here are some quick takeaways of wisdom that we can all learn from Tehran. There is nothing complex about hate, warmongering, and fear. Most of the world's problems are very, very simple. We've created and held on to false narratives that keep us in a lot of suffering. If you don't believe in the freedom of speech for those you disdain, then you probably don't believe in the freedom of speech at all. This is a great quote by Tehran. My peace of mind is more important to me than those feeling comfortable around me. Aspire not to get rid of guns, but to not want to live in a place where guns are even desired. Don't confuse politics and principles. One thing we spoke about at great length is that just because someone agrees with you in one particular area doesn't mean that you should try to align in every single area. What's great is having differences in opinions and discussing it so that you can kind of flesh your own opinions out and maybe even change them at some point. 
point and maybe inspire the people with you to change in opinion or in perspective. Very often today, people feel like, well, since I agree with you on this point, but I don't agree with you on this, this, and this point, then we shouldn't really be friends or we shouldn't really hang out or we shouldn't really talk to each other. And that is so sad because how else are we going to learn from each other or grow? Most religious texts are based on mostly love and this concept in Hebrew called tikkun olam, which literally means healing the world. And several other religions practice the same thing. Uh, However, a lot of people who might have had one bad experience or several bad experiences with a particular religious group or church or synagogue or mosque or one particular incident will say, well, you know, organized religion, all it is is saying, I'm better than you, or this doesn't work. And they focus on one or two lines they may have heard from someone who was maybe miseducated, ill-informed, or just mean. And they miss that so much of that religion probably is really trying to just produce more love and light in the world. There are these two concepts in Hebrew that we brought up in this particular episode called the Yetzer Hara and the Yetzer Tov, which respectively refer to the inclination of difficulty or challenge or negativity and the inclination of positivity or light or goodness. I quoted Brene Brown saying that we're all so afraid of love and joy. So sometimes we clutch onto fear and shame instead because it feels safer, even though it's way more uncomfortable. Tehran said he never feels out of place. It's a choice that he made a long time ago when he was a little boy. He decided at that point to be his truest self unapologetically and try to be the best him from that point on. He loves to be a critical thinker. He believes in Rene Descartes, I think, therefore I am. And he sometimes finds it much easier to make choices about the way he thinks versus having faith in a lot of other things outside of himself. He says, if we could all share our thoughts instead of keeping them bundled inside, we could actually dismantle ourselves from a very challenging system that we've created. And it's all an inside out approach. For instance, in Farsi, there's a concept called ogde, which means keeping pettiness inside. And we have to really work on getting it out of our system so we can fix the greater system. And I said, well, you can't fix the cancer in a patient unless you know where it is, which is basically the same concept. He said, we need to listen and talk and stop shouting at each other. What is the root of fear? We are so afraid of losing our share at times, and there is enough for all of us. And he said the most beautiful concept, we can all win. He said, when you look up at the stars in the sky at night, if there's only a few stars, it's pretty, but only when there's an abundance of stars at the same time, and it's adorned with stars, then we really are taken aback. And therefore, that should be a reminder to us that there's enough room for all of us to be stars and to shine brightly. We all have to be cognizant that we're more similar than different to each other, and we really need each other. So stop thinking of us and them and think of it as one beautiful soul. Thanks for joining us. If you like this episode, we're inspired by it. If it made you think differently about life or comedy or philosophy, I once heard Judd Apatow say through his script, TJ Miller saying this on the show Crashing on HBO, that comedians are actually the modern day philosophers and listening to Tehran speak, it's just so evident that that's exactly what's happening. And it's really cool because people sometimes would much rather go to hear or see or watch on television a wonderful comedian than pick up a book and read actual quote-unquote philosophy. So comedians actually have a huge responsibility today if that's the case.
And I have to say, I'm so impressed with Tehran and the way that he shares his wisdom through his comedy. I, I think you might agree if you listen to this whole episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you could be doing a lot of other things. Please follow us on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram, Barbie Heller, B-A-R-B-I-E-H-E-L-L-E-R. Please follow Tehran at I am Tehran, T-E-H-R-A-N. And send me an email. Tell me what you think of these episodes. I'd love to hear about it. And thanks for joining us. If you know somebody with a great story about forgiveness, failure, or freedom, please share them with us. If you learned something new or feel like something from this episode could inspire someone else, please share the episode on your Facebook page or Instagram and tag that person and tag us too. You can find all of our social medias, drop us a note, or join our newsletter at www.c1beautifulsoul.com. Please don't forget to subscribe and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you hear podcast. May we all choose to look for the light in ourselves and each other in all ways, always. Always.